2: Everyone's fans, Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 233. We're recording on June 27, 2021. This show is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50 for a sweet sign-up bonus. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and without further ado, I'm going to bring in my co-host, my awesome co-host, my best friend, Heather Ingerson. What is happening, girl?
0: Hello, nothing. I'm just just here to talk some Bruins with you. I didn't get to hang out yesterday or whatever, but we're gonna hang out today, talk some Bruins, and trying to get it done before this heat wave comes in. My Viking blood's already like, no, please, no, no. <laughs> I'd rather yes. it be snowy than 100 degrees. So
2: hot, sticky, muggy. It's it's pretty nasty. Um, but uh, hopefully yeah. everybody is well. Uh, in the uh, Bruins off-season, uh, safe, healthy, and all that good stuff. Um say, how was your week? Good? Yeah, it was good. I want to give a shout-out to he- um, Heather, yeah, um, <laughs> Natasha and Dale Lynn for inviting me yesterday to their annual cookout. Obviously, we didn't go last year because of COVID times, but we have been going consecutive uh, for the last uh, three seasons, uh, but they've been in that house for four years, which is amazing, and uh, got That's to hang cool. out with some four amazing dogs that were all on great behavior and and everybody else the people the folks were good the food was awesome so shout out to those guys for inviting us and and to be honest with you that was our first time going out in a group in over a year and a half so it was really like a a good um you know welcome back to the wild like release party for us i was really excited to be there and now i can't wait till the fourth of july celebration with another a pair of awesome and amazing friends. So,
0: Yeah, Yeah. sorry I missed it, but hey, Dale and Natasha, love you guys, and I'm glad everything's good, and your cookout went off like it does, and hopefully see you soon in the summer, maybe we can do a fire or something.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of on fire, it's betonline.ag, our show sponsor. We have to talk about these guys. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sports sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA Golf, uh, National Hockey League, the UFC and MMA action all real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine betonline.ag has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to uh, place your bets and it's free to sign up before the next baseball pitch or the next bar down goal in stanley cup playoff hockey head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't sit on the sidelines anymore folks get in all the action at betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, so we do have some topics we got to do. There was uh, um, some news Bruins related uh, last week, so why don't we get into it with uh, a little birthday shout out. Yep.
0: Happy birthday to Bruins alum, Kevin Hodge. Long time Bruin. Uh, I think probably one of the great legends when we think of, you know, the Legends Club. And just wanted to say happy birthday for his June 25th birthday. Because as I always say, June babies rule, Uh, legendary winger in the Bruins organization, still active and, uh, you know, was active long after he was playing within the Bruins organization. I mean, you know, out and about and the alumni organization. So happy birthday to you.
2: Yeah, and uh, Ken's uh, son, Ken Hodge Jr., uh, actually lives in Newport and I interviewed him uh, for the uh, Maples Crossing, uh, the new ranks, the the uh, the official um, groundbreaking um, it, back in September of uh, I think it was was it twenty nineteen. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and he's a great guy. Uh, Bruins alum himself. So. Uh, really cool family and uh, always love the Bruins history and so on. So shout out to Ken Hodge and his birthday.
0: Well, I thought this would make you happy because I know you love both Patrice Bergeron and Marc Messier. So uh, Bruins legend was greeted by another legend and earned the Marc Messier Leadership Award, which is given annually by the one and only Marc Messier. He takes some um, you know, suggestions and stuff, but he alone is the one who votes for this. And it goes to the player who has the best leadership on and off the ice as well during the regular season, who's a leading role model in his community for growing uh, the game of hockey. Um, Obviously, we know Patrice loves to dress up for the kids and doing everything and pucks for paddles and on and on and on. He's always one of the first ones there to do whatever is asked of him whether it be goofy and silly or serious as necessary, so that made me happy because maybe he didn't get the selfie, but he is a giant leader, and it's a nice to have him recognized within the league, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Patrice is just a salt-of-the-earth kind of player, uh, person, human, you know, he's just... He's just... Everything that he does for this city and his team has been just amazing, and and it's not just a, a, a point... Uh, you know being a point per game player or, or anything like that. I mean it, he just bleeds this organization and and how to make everything better and in and, and the community. It's just how I just don't have the words for Patrice Bergeron, to be honest with you. I'm like fumbling because he's he's just one of those just awesome people that we are fortunate to have in our in, on our team in the NHL in a, and a huge ambassador to the game to be honest. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's one thing this city does demand uh, is that the sports teams are really involved in the community doing drives, whatever else. And uh, as far as I've ever seen, the players are always very happy about that aspect of their job, you know, to get out there and see the kids or whatever. Every organization supports their own things. But, yeah, Patrice Bergeron awesome. So this is our weekly Patrice Bergeron is awesome. And it has to be true because Marc Messier said so. He really – I mean – can't get better than Mark Messier, right? No, nope, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so this must have made you very happy too, you and um, Danielle, and like definitely like at least three other people out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no um, kidding. That, that the Bruins re-signed Trent Frederick to a two-year deal, reported about one, a little over one million a year. Um, this is interesting because. You needed to re-sign him, but did you really need to? And it just brings up questions. You're going to ask about the draft, la, la, la. But just start with, were you very happy to see this? It's a cap-friendly deal. It's a good deal for what he...
2: I'm extremely happy with this. I'm a huge Trent Frederick fan. Um, I, I see him becoming a more involved player in the in next season's lineup um, because there are going to be departures. I don't see players like Sean Corrales coming back. Um, who knows what's going to happen with Nick Ritchie. Um, you know,
0: I feel like him and Wagner are up in the air, yep. of like, do they get retained? you know, for, yep. Yeah.
2: And so I, I think that he could uh, play a bigger role. Um, the money's not that bad. It's, it's not going to be a deal that's going to put the Bruins up against the salary cap, uh, ceiling. Um, you know, it, the guy basically made a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar raise from his entry level deal of uh nine hundred and twenty five thousand so it's not that bad um when do, when, when do we want to get into me uh like freaking out about people that absolutely hate this? Should I do it now
0: um well, I figure we're talking about him. um I think it's an interesting i mean we don't have to get into it now because we'll obviously get into Seattle probably you know, at next week or the week after start really talking about that. But I think it's interesting on that. I don't love or hate it. I think if you're going to pay a million dollars, he, you know, he didn't really, he did get to play this year, but it was certainly, I wouldn't consider it like him really having, it's his job on this team to do his role. So you go ahead and do whatever rant you want, because you do love Trent Frederick and you're a Trent Frederick defender. And yeah. An explainer. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I just, I, well, I just don't get the, the hate. I honestly don't not get the hate for this guy. Um, he, he just come out of a three year entry level deal, and everybody expects him to be like Wayne Gretzky, and you know, and making Wayne Gretzky money. No, he's not. Like, it's a hundred twenty five thousand dollar raise. It's not like he signed a four year, four million dollar raise. I'd be a little upset at that. You know, I'm a realist, but when it comes down to a cap management and cap maneuverability, you don't sign people like that. He still has to prove a lot. He's still young enough to prove a lot, and nobody wants to give him the time because he had 20 NHL games, and he didn't get many points, and all he does is go out there and start shit and put the Bruins in bad positions with penalties and this and that. That could be valid. I'm not saying that he's not one of those types of players. And he might have gotten spoken to about, please calm down your liability on the ice to us sometimes. But at his age, now listen, if he was 35 years old, I would say, no, I don't want to do this guy anymore. Let's get rid of him. He is young enough to still be molded into an NHL player that this Boston Bruins team actually needs they need his scoring touch which i think will be get better sooner or later but you still need that physicality and that presence that if you take some a run at one of our guys that kid is going to come off the bench and kick your
0: fucking ass well i personally as someone who's kind of indifferent to Trent frederick right because you know i feel like there's a million Trent fredericks out there in the world what are you going to show me that's special uh i do think though we're in a very interesting place with our cap and what to do with Seattle and all this other stuff. So I don't, I personally don't understand what the freak out is about re-signing Trent Frederick. Cause you still can probably dump him in Seattle if you feel like it, like that could be a move or he's, it's not a two way deal. Is it? Uh,
2: I believe it's a one way. I looked at yeah. um Buckpedia and it didn't, it didn't have the specifics on the contract. I mean, yeah. I'm probably going to get called out for that, but I only, when you don't see two way involved in any of these cap websites yeah. it's it's a one way so
0: yeah so and then you're looking at everyone's bitching about the bottom six well we have to do something with the bottom six and if you're not going to resign some of the other people that are currently your bottom six it makes sense to at least retain a couple of your ahl guys if you can i know there's there's a few of them up i know bleed already resigned you know we've already had a few but um it's only a million dollars and that's about what Trent Frederick with his experience would be getting probably anywhere, you know, like, yes, now but, that him and Nick Ritchie are the same person, let's see who it is. Maybe they both end up with a job on the bottom six. Maybe neither of them do like permanently. We'll see. I don't know. But yeah, I don't but, know why people are freaking out. That's Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean,
2: even freaking uh, uh Jimmy Murphy from Boston hockey uh, mentioned something that maybe the signing, was in fact to expose him to the draft, which is which is kind of a weird thing to do. But you know, if it's it,
0: it, him or exposing someone else. Because if you yeah. expose Jake DeBrusque in the draft, then you're gonna have to have somebody good, bad, or ugly, that you already have ready made right. in your system to put there. And
2: yeah. you bring up I, and you and you bring up Jake Debrusque, and it's like, well, yeah, I would absolutely freaking um um protect him. Mm. And but my move would be he has one year left in his contract, right? So use that year for leverage, and move him at the draft. Protect him for the Seattle draft, but in, in, in an effort to move him um, in, in the uh, in NHL entry draft, which is
0: coming up. We'll talk about that later on. Well, that, that's only um, – there's only three scenarios that you can do with Jake DeBrusque. You're either exposing him in, for Seattle – you're giving him his last year on his contract and then dumping his ass maybe at the trade deadline a little later in the year because you're not re-signing Corrali or, or whoever, you know what I mean, and you need someone there. And he's kind of, you know, whatever, maybe let him play out like we talked about. Like It's not really going to probably be that big of a tragedy given how our bottom six or who could go in there. I mean, let's be realistic. We're probably not as, probably getting that big of an offensive, at least in Trent Frederick's first year if he's up there than we are with Jake DeBrusque. You know what I mean? So like, calm down. We're really as always trading tit for tat down there and those players, but it's either that there, or like you said, move him at the draft that we've come to a crossroads. I personally don't care if he stays here another year again, cause I'm not convinced we have anything maybe spectacular to replace, but that makes me feel like either DeBrusque or Frederick is getting exposed. I would protect Debrus because he has more value than Frederick on like the open NHL market. At least people know who he is. But yeah. I also think maybe we should just dump him in Seattle and let him maybe go closer to home and go over to the West Coast, you know, and that, but all right. So that's Trent Frederick. I knew you'd be happy. I'm only joking. I understand there's more than three people who love Trent Frederick. I was just joking because Mark really loves him and Danielle really loves Trent Frederick and other people do too. So that's that. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm just laughing a little bit, but all right. So, uh, this
2: yeah, is Twitter's, like, Twitter's been fun on this one. It's been yeah, just absolutely so, hilarious about the hate yeah, that this guy gets for a $125,000 so, $1 raise. I, somebody even came out and said to me, like, so he played twenty games. He's getting one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars raise. So now he's making Bergeron money. I was just like, "Where's the yeah. comparable there?"
0: Uh, Bergeron <laughs> makes that much when he walks into training camp. I'm just saying, like, just, um, also it's a million dollars. That's what all those people at, like. That's about what you're going to get after your entry year, three year is around a million dollars, unless you've proven yourself a little faster grower. Then you might, you know, like get a little extra, but. I mean, we paid Kevin Miller to five or whatever to be not his fault, but like injured. So I think we can handle paying it good, bad or ugly till we see what happens. This might just be a first move, not a last move. Exactly. Uh, Calm down. It's a million dollars. That is not going to be the difference between re-signing Taylor Hall or not. I'm just putting it out there. All right, Nice segue. Um, yeah, I know. I'm trying here today. <laughs>
2: so
0: uh, This is kind of discussion based on Ty Anderson, who we both love. And I understand sometimes sanitize and deal with it. But um, I think very good at what uh, his like-minded. I don't always agree with him, but a great writer and a great uh, personality. I think who really takes the Bruins seriously, unlike a lot of other sports people in our area. Uh, but he published an article last week, kind of like what his thoughts on what a Taylor Hall extension could look like in a, we just thought we'd talk about that a minute. So do you want to give us a little start up on this? Yeah, so to...
2: Ty, yeah. Ty wrote uh, in, uh, an article uh, last week that um, was on June 22nd and just put out some numbers on what, uh, what could be a reasonable hall extension. And he mentioned the 5.5 and 6.5 million per year range. And I'm completely fine with that. Um, Uh, he he says, I'm not looking to absolutely maximize my value at this point in my career. Hall said, I've been fortunate enough to make some good money in this league. And at this point, it's all, it's more about uh, a fit to me than maybe money or, or a long-term thing. You want to find a home for the next few years um, here and we'll see what happens. So I'm completely fine with anything under 7 million. And I mean, if it comes down to it, I mean, it, he is approaching the 30 year range, which is 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 risky to some players, not all of them. It's not, you know, a tragedy if we resign an a player in his 30s, but he's 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 got NHL talent. We all know this. He's been playing in the league for a long time. Some good teams, some bad teams, good rosters, bad rosters. But the way he I saw him fit here this season post um trade deadline 2021 i i, I like what i saw but um it was a no show in the second round you know i i i think the islanders team really shut the creche and hall line down and you know w- left the um the bergeron past marsh i mean uh oh i can't talk today I, that top line, I'm not calling him the that name. The production
0: line. It's the yeah, production I'm line. I'm trying to stay remember. away from
2: that stupid freaking name. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they really shut that freaking second line down, and I want to see more from Taylor Hall. But he hasn't been in the second round of the playoffs, I don't think, in his career. So I don't know if mentally, physically he was absolutely ready for it. Um, so, But as a professional, you need to be ready at any moment, especially in the postseason. But I do like the numbers. I mean – I, I want to see him come back, but I I want to see a, a, at least a three-year deal for the fact is that if this is a cup run year that we're all trying to put together and Bruins management is trying to con- uh, orchestrate, I I want to see um, him come back if it doesn't happen. We want to keep a player around like that for the what-ifs. Uh, and I like the 5.5, 6.5 range, and I think that's very reasonable where you can – Still work with uh, Brandon Carlo because he's coming up. You can still work with Charlie McAvoy next season. You know all these all these other players that are, are coming down to contract negotiations, and it, the the cap is going to remain flat for at least three to five years. We get it. So it's going to be um, uh, it's going to be a challenge for John Sweeney and Bruins management, but this is a player that we need to stick around and and so on. So I, I I really want to see this guy back because I think he has more to give to Boston uh, in a full, full season um, while living here, you know, and I I think they'll get it done, but um, I think this is an important piece that we need to keep.
0: Well, I love Taylor Hall. And again, I would have had him here for the last decade already playing with Krejci, but nobody wants to listen to Inga, okay? (laughs) Um, I already said, I think he should get two years at 6'5", because as much as I love him, he does not stay put very long. And I understand that's partly because he's a superstar trying to search for the right place to be. And I agree with you, I think he found it. Three years at 6'5", but as great as Taylor Hall is, like. I can't trust you to not want to get moved or whatever, like whatever that thing is. Maybe he's done and he just wants to settle for the rest of his career, but I'm not giving him more than three years at 6.5. It sucks saying that because we very rarely get like a blockbuster superstar here to go with our homegrowns uh, from the outside. But I think that he likes it here. And I think this I think Hall liking it here also leads a path to Krejci maybe, at least another year extension to stick around. You know what I mean? As I've said, I, him and Bergeron maybe finish the ride together a little bit. And uh, Taylor Hall's not – he's had some injuries, but he's not really injury-prone. So that's one good thing about playing signing a player this Old, Like, you don't want to give him six years at 6'5". Like, it wasn't that part of the argument against Tori Krug, like, his age for what he does. Like, yes, he should get paid that much, but for that long of a term, it seems ridiculous for any player at that age in your 30s or, or rounding 30. But I don't know. I would love to have Taylor Hall. I think Ty makes a very reasonable argument why it should be between those range. And we'll see what happens, but I think it would be ridiculous. And the second line, as for getting shut down, I, I shut down. I agree that maybe some of Taylor Hall's was just whatever. We've had a long season with or without Taylor Hall of having a hard matchup against the Islanders. It was, I mean, that series was pretty much what we thought it was going to be. The last few games fell apart harder than we probably imagined. But um, I do think, though, Craig Smith getting hurt didn't help the second line. Because Craigy had a little bit of success on the power play and stuff still, like, you know, getting in. And it wasn't that they weren't trying to get something done. It just... They – that's a good line, and we, I feel like it. we would be silly to not keep that line together, whether Taylor Hall for a few years and Krejci an extra year or whatever else. But to already have two really good lines that – I'm not – they had a good first series, so – and they didn't have horrid games where you are just like, oh, my God, what the hell is Craig Smith and Hall and Krejci doing, right? So I don't know, but I like Ty Anderson. I think he's pretty reasonable, even though people, you know, get all – the yeah. spamming. it's all like anything oh, yeah. has something that they don't agree with, but so, I don't think more than three years.
2: All right, so listen, um, what if they came to a five-year agreement with Taylor Hall, extension agreement, whatever, with no trade protection? Would you be on board with that? So if he's not performing and he still holds some value, that Burns can move him. And not I would, be tied into a into those uh, three or five years.
0: If that's the case, I would lean more toward... Like, I would want to give Taylor Hall more towards the 6-5, like, the maximum. The closest you can get, like, 7 and under. Like, he... It, it's easy to argue that. That is a discount to his 8 or whatever that he's been out there. I would think you could not have a no-trade protector. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you it would be idiotic for the Bruins given the history of Taylor Hall to not retain the right to, if I have to move you or you get, you know, you don't have to go through all the rigmarole. Like if you start or whatever, they can just move you. But if you were going to do it longer, I would make it more towards six. Like that's just me because show how much you really want this contract. Are you serious or whatever else?
2: Yeah. I'm talking years, not, not dollar value.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean, though. But what uh, I'm saying is, if you were going to give him longer term, personally, I would give him less dollar value. That's all well, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, that's commonly all how day works, long. Yeah. You should be retaining the right to trade his ass if necessary, because right. we're about to be back up against the cap in another three months. Because that's what happens, you know. No shit. Um. Yeah, but th- no, that's all I meant is like if you're going to do longer, just I would do less money for the longer, because then you could always get traded, and he can re-sign his own. You know extension somewhere else to get more money than what he's getting from us but i don't know it's so hard i love taylor hall and i just i still can't believe i looked and there he was taylor hall's a brewing what, what? all right sorry um, fangirl moment that's fine
2: yeah i forgot to put the guy's name in this one but go ahead
0: that's fine. So this is an article that you wrote at uh, blackandgoldhockey.com. Go check it out. Awesome writers, awesome content. We don't give up all summer people. But you wrote an article on Victor Berglin, uh, one of our prospects, defense prospect, prospects, if he would actually finally get to make his NHL, I mean his American, North American debut this.
2: Yes, um, and due to COVID times last year and travel restrictions, uh, a lot of the prospects that are from overseas stayed over there and played in some leagues, either on loan or or, or under contract. So um, it was good to keep them developing and so on during those these uh, these tough times. But um, I think that this is going to be a, a good a good camp for him coming up in the fall, um, and um. I I, am not gonna I'm not saying that the guy is gonna make the NHL right out of camp or anything like that, and I'm not glorifying a prospect here that so many people think I do all the time. Um, But I think that his addition to the Bruins organization in North America is going to be important uh, this year for him. He signed an entry level deal uh, a couple uh, a year ago, or yeah, something like that, and um, just it hasn't been able to get over. He's a a smaller size defenseman i commonly um compare him to tory krug and matt quizlick type of uh speed size and um offensive capabilities Um, uh, but i really am looking forward to him in a first year um evaluation in the american hockey league i think this he has been, played over in providence um when he's when his overseas duties were over, a commitment for the season was over, he did come over and play a couple games. I think he got an assist in, in four games or something like that. Uh, but I think a full season of 200 by 85 ice is going to be beneficial to him and the organization. Uh, and I'm really excited to, to see the defensive um, roster that Jay Leach is going to put together uh, for 21-22 uh, in a full uh, 72 game season and travel and so on. It's going to be so much better than the than the 25 game campaign um, with no fans in the stands and so on this past season. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Victor's uh, Berglund's defensive arrival on that roster um, with uh, uh, Jack Jackashan, uh, Brady Lyle, um, uh, Nick Wolf. If he's if he's retained to another year, which I think he will be. Uh, that's going to be a solid, uh, a solid defense defensive core down there, and some in great middle depth for the defense. It's not an explosive uh, entry level contract. It, he's not an explosive player, but he's a complementary player that you need for that break glass in case of emergencies and and evaluate. So, I know people saw the article and it immediately got to the size and weight, and they said, "Here we go again." Don Sweeney's signed and drafted, uh, and under. Um, I don't know undersized defensemen and, and we need to stop this. We need big burly defensemen that don't transition well all the time and this and that. So the narrative continues to go on that the big bad Bruins cannot get out of some people's friggin' heads.
0: Well, again, like I said, it's all about the new big and bad and you know, yeah, you got to have offensive upside too. Like yeah. not for anything, but we're not the only team that doesn't have giant players I know. It's <laughs> just
2: crazy. Everything if happened to Boston
0: and only in Boston. We need more defensive depth, so that's good to hear if you think he's got some. I personally am not against the Tory Krug or Matt Grizzlick type of player, and you know I'm a girl that likes the big, bad Bruins. like You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you know, like whatever. But, I mean, it's ridiculous. You want to see – like I keep saying, like you need to see these prospects. We have like a choke line of centers and this and that, like you need to weed them out. You need to see them like Victor Bergland players like him need to be able to come to North America to see if they can be North American play, you know, play in North America. Cause there's plenty of brilliant hockey players that don't transition well to the NHL rink size. And you know, the expectations of playing kind of in that small tight area, like the way we, do like little drills with the kids at you know the ranks is how it seems probably to them our game is compared to just yeah. it. So you can see it when our players go over there and play in the olympics too it's like in the beginning it's a little like whoa there's a lot more a little bit more skating i have to get done here get done but that's well, it good. i mean i'm excited to see and we need defensive prospects i can't we have no depth down there we really don't the common narrative I see
2: a lot from people when when signings happen like this is is is, is they freak out, but they just don't understand that you need to keep people under uh, players under contract for Providence too. It's like I, almost it, almost like the the minor pro system is like completely vanished from Boston Bruins fans' minds sometimes, and it drives me crazy that. They think that the signing is just for the NHL level and it's not, it's for sustainability in your minor pro system. It's just, it's crazy. So, um, I
0: was gonna say partly that is though too, because like the NFL and, and the NBA don't really have a farm system. Like they do sort of, but not really like the NCAA is the farm system. Right. And, with baseball, it's kind of a neat. This is Triple A, Double A, Single A, and this league, that league. You can kind of track it if you have prospects from your team, kind of down there. But the NHL doesn't have a farm system in the traditional sense. So there's literally five million places, right? You got to look at the KHL, the SHL, the WHL. That's yeah. on on and on. I think maybe that's why it's almost like it's overwhelming for like you know just generally like i know it's a lot easier to keep track of them if they're playing in the ncaa or if they're playing in providence than it is if they're playing in the finnish elite league and you know whatever riga i'm just making things up right now but yeah mm. so you're right though like it, it you can't totally ignore these places like you need to have like if not what happens when you look at us like all our like, defense was a hot mess. Like, and we, if you can't, not just there, but we do have bigger def- bigger gaps in the defense and the forwards than we thought on this team. And that's what the second round exposed, that once some of those big names go down, like, no offense, but, like, if we would have had Tory Krug, maybe we would have beat the Islanders, right? Because Tory's not your biggest defenseman, but he, you know, was one of, you know, like so, like McAvoy and Grizzlick, I think did a good job stepping up in that area, but still transition. Right. All so we're transitioning as a team and who's on the team. But the long and the short of it, you can say what you want. But if we could have even had a quarter of like like when we got to the end there, like there were things we were missing by letting two giant defensemen importance walk off the team without really filling them with someone that could make up the gap of the physicality and or the scoring ability, you know, like, but mm-hmm. God, it did also show that Charlie McAvoy is going to be a goddamn stud. Sorry. Yeah,
2: he was, he was so good in these playoffs. Oh my God. I love him. Be you. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Let's get into this. All right, let's keep moving. All right. So you're excited about this. I know you're excited. You're not sure what's going to happen, but you have a feeling. So on Wednesday, this Wednesday at 10 a.m., uh, the main Mariners of the ECHL are going to make a big announcement about their affiliation. Uh, Mark thinks it is probably going to be the Bruins, right? And hopefully, we hope that so, to keep our affiliates closer to home than uh, Jacksonville or whatever. So, go ahead. Let's give
2: full credit to Mark Diver on this one. He came out a couple weeks ago and said that there's, there's talks, there's heavy talks about the Boston Bruins and the main Mariners of, on a... a uh, triple uh, double a minor pro affiliation which is a fantastic idea um the the boston bruins primarily have had their uh, east coast hockey league uh affiliations down south i'm not sure if there's a reason for that at all but um in today's hockey world your minor pro um affiliates are getting closer to um to areas of of home operation so uh, I think uh, it's been in the works for a while to get something in New England, not just Boston, not just around Providence, but somewhere in New England uh, with Bruins ties. This is going to be huge, but uh, the Mariners are expected to announce the uh, a new affiliation on Wednesday at 10 a.m. I'm very excited, and it definitely could be the, uh, the Boston Bruins and, and Maine Mariners working together. So uh, this would be uh, – a tremendous thing for the state of Maine, the city of Portland um, cross insurance arena is a, is a fantastic venue. Uh, Portland, Maine is one of those upcoming cities that are building infrastructure and so on that, you know, it's, it, it's a really cool place to go. Uh, the the boardwalks, city. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, bars and restaurants, but, but the, the, when the Maine Mariners were, were playing and so on and in operations, I mean, they're, their opening games were like – there was a lot of attendance. But as the season went on, you could see when I was checking on um, on some of these games on Flow Hockey um, that the, the attendance really wasn't there. Now, the affiliation the Maine Mariners had was with, with New York Rangers. So that might have been it. I mean, tickets are cheap, so on. You could buy season tickets, but they're – you could buy them, but and you could also not, not go to them and not worry about killing your wallet. Like, if we bought season tickets and we didn't go to a game, damn. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know. So to put it in, a, in other words, I think being affiliated with the Boston Bruins and being in New England, I think the drive will be more involved for fans to go because they know that there is a Boston Bruins prospect on this team or could be coming down the road. Uh, and the history, why not? Why not about the history? The Maine Mariners were an American Hockey League affiliate with the Boston Bruins, and were with the Philadelphia Flyers back in the day. So, the city of Portland is just, you know, it, it, it is hockey. It is a great hockey um, community. So, it, I think this would be great. And um, just by the way, Mark's been talking, and and the the pump up news that the Maine Mariners have, have been putting out with the announcement and just that. I think it's going to happen. And if it doesn't, um, I'll take a a double minus, but I I strongly feel it will happen. A lot of people say that, why isn't Manchester being considered? Um, I looked into this a little while ago with some research, and and I I made some phone calls to some people in the Vegas area, and they were saying that there was some kind of agreement that there couldn't be hockey um, in Manchester until – 22 23 so um the word is hockey at some level either it's ahl or east coast league will be back in the queen city for the 2022
0: 23 campaign well i think this would be good just to have the prospects closer and as necessary you know whatever say you have a goaltending thing you know because like you said, you can't ignore. If you pull people up from Providence, we need people to play on Providence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You need to replace the line. But, um, no, Portland's a great city and Maine's a hockey hotbed. I mean, New England, they we love hockey around here. So that could be possible. I mean, I don't know. Or sometimes things get revving in your life and you'll know, get to go. But I think it probably would generate more interest if it is Boston associated also good for the team to have everyone kind of, you have so many prospects on the, and you know, playing in the Boston area and the new England area uh, teams for college. You have so many, you know, so it, I think One, it would be a really good thing.
2: Another thing is the travel. Um, a lot of people think that the organizations and these affiliations uh, have money for travel and so on. That is not so true. The East Coast Hockey League, much like the American Hockey League, operate on a three-day schedule, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon. And then you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Of uh, it, it is practice time and so on. But a lot of the times that was used for opportunities for players to drive the distance from Atlanta, from Jacksonville, Florida, to Providence. So now we're decreasing that drive Um I mean, unless unless the, the prospect is needed immediately, I, I'm sure something will be worked out. But um, more or less, these guys drive themselves. So going from Portland to Providence is about four hours. So it's not like a whole day travel, you know, so... Uh, I think this being closer. I'm not sure how many prospects are going to be on this team. If it it does happen to be an affiliation of the Boston Bruins, generally you see two or three of them floating down from Providence and so on, but I'm getting word and it's not official or, or anything like that, but I'm getting word that this could be an opportunity for more prospects to get involved in the East coast league. Um, And the CBA might be um, um, constructed differently in the future, where they allow more pro contracts to um, to be. So we're at 50 50 right now, I believe, or 53, whatever. I think it's 50. So if they go 10 more contracts, you can get more like NCAA prospects that are coming out of their um um Oh no! Sorry, NCAA free agents that are done with the commitments with their teams mm-hmm. and and get them involved and, and and it's a it's just a low risk high reward type of thing for something like that. But you want to get more players involved in this in, into these teams. So I would like to see more prospects at this level and and maybe I'm being selfish too because I can just jump on the rail and go to uh Providence and now possibly uh going to Maine. And we do have some um Maine writers at blackandgohockey.com. We have like two or three of them that are around the Portland area. So we will be covering this uh extensively. So please stay tuned to blackandgohockey.com for all these uh, interesting uh inf- informative uh articles about uh the this team and where it could go further.
0: I was gonna say you also though if you ha- like if you're only allowed to put so many it makes sense to grow the ECHL if you would allow more uh, professional contract you know not as like an emergency kind of stuff I'm here but like it would draw more crowds probably because you have higher end talent also on the ice that's not a slight at Agreed. anybody obviously you know but I also think it's essential for maybe it's not the most. Intense. It's not an AHL intensive, right? For players like a Victor Berglin or maybe lower on the chain, that is a good place to learn how to play the North American game and get a feel for it. So you don't get overwhelmed in the AHL. And, you know, obviously, most people don't just pop into NHL. They'd already be here. We wouldn't be talking about them being prospects. But... Um, It just makes more sense because then that would grow a situation where you would want to put your prospects in some of the, you know what I mean? Like instead of trying to put them in a different league, if you were allowed to keep them on your affiliates, why would you not want the NHL teams just generally to be allowed to do that? You know what I mean? Because more and more the affiliates are getting closer and closer to the home teams. So that would be super win. For for
2: these young players, I find – and the the ECHL is a developmental league. There's no doubt about it. But for these young players that – and the skilled players, by the way, yeah. that might not get into the physical style of the game, this is the level to learn that physicality. This is a level that they come at you hard and, and they'll hit you. And so this is something to get used to that type of game, you know, it's just not north and south carry the puck score goals. Uh it's north south carry the puck score goals. Keep your freaking head up because you know this is this is a, a level of professional hockey, but it's things that you're going to expect if you get to that pinnacle of the NHL.
0: It's just part of North American hockey that the not all Europeans grow up really playing that style of exactly like, we play heavy hockey in North America. Like it's physical. Like it's not it's it's um, grown from having certain players that that was their job, but, like, everyone was kind of a tough guy anyways. Now everyone, like, it doesn't matter if you're small-ass Tory Krug, like, you have to be able to stand on your feet, you know, and it's just very bump-bump-grindy kind of hockey, which is definitely a difference, you know? And if you play in the NCAA or in a league in North America, you're going to get exposed to that a lot more, and this just opens opportunities for uh not even homegrown, you know, in Canada and the US or whatever, but for some of these people like the Victor Berglands, even like if you had been able to get them over here before COVID shut down, those kind of opportunities to have them already training in the style. Cause it it is different. Like North American hockey is not so significantly different. They're playing a different game, but just yeah. style well, every it's tighter because you you're and playing on a shorter versus, surface. Yeah. Finesse versus grind. You know what I mean? That's kind of how the styles are to me. And not that there are no finesse players, you know, but it's just not the general mindset, right? Like stand Agreed. up, pox and net, stand up, pox and net, not pass and beautiful and everyone's <laughs> shooting one-on-one breakout scores. Like yeah. I of watching the KHL, but like half the time it's like, you might. it's like watching a shootout, but with other pa- players on the ice as well. Just like in a breakout, shoot, oh beautiful dangles or whatnot, but I'd rather see a little more physicality in my hockey. like, All right, let's move on, I guess. All right. All right. All right. So congratulations to Taylor Hall on his engagement to his girlfriend, Rachel Rush. They got engaged in Nantucket last week. I uh, like to think that makes uh, Metro Boston and mass Eastern Massachusetts, a special place to Taylor Hall and his girlfriend. Now, maybe that signs of maybe really liking the area and settling down, but Either way, congratulations to you guys uh, and best of luck in all of that. It's a crazy world, but that is certainly a sign of a man who's getting to his 30s and is ready to move on and settle into the next phase of his life.
2: Currently Googled Rachel Rush and um, a 8 out of 10.
0: Listen, hockey She's players don't hate ugly girls. <laughs> you know, hockey players—they don't have to. They've very attractive lady. Tail. They've been getting tail since middle school. They really, don't, you don't, know. I'm sorry. Is that Co- inappropriate? I hope I no. Don't that's get fine.
2: People. This is an inappropriate podcast. Remember? No, we are
0: very, <laughs> Actually, we've been kind of behaving like.
2: That. I know. We well. We try. Yeah. We try. We get yeah, tried we to cater to everybody. But, um, so. Congratulations
0: no, congr- to you guys.
2: Congratulations to Taylor Hall. Hopefully, this is something that continues to be a. More happy moments in Boston as he continues to live here for the next couple of weeks as he figures out what career path he takes, um, either it be in the in the Boston area or somewhere else. But um, having this moment happen in Boston is is something that's good, and hopefully, um, he's uh, he's in no rush. Oh, pun uh, to sign a deal or an extension uh, to come back to Boston because, like I said before. A pivotal player in this in this um in this organization, and I'd like to see him come back because uh, he revitalized Krejci's career and and increased that secondary scoring at times when we saw it. And I think that um, next season we could possibly get more. I think a Taylor Hall, honestly, returning to Boston would be better because the fact is that he's going to have a whole off season to work with everybody more in this team. Go through a, a an appropriate off-season regimen with preseason games and so on, hopefully, and then a full 82-game uh, schedule. So I think that, you know, sky's the limit on 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 this player in a contract, but now it just remains to be seen if it gets done or not.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know about revitalizing Krejci's career. I mean, he's been a point of game every yeah, point, point, half game player. You know what I'm saying. You know what yeah. I'm saying. But certainly his happiness. You see Pepin and Stappan, a joy that we haven't seen in David Krejci, a relief, I w- dare I say a relief, of not trying to carry a whole line on his own and having two gentlemen help him be able to do it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think we would be fools to not figure it out. That being said, I'm not cutting, you know – the arms off here. I'm not paying you $10 million or anything crazy. Right,
2: but, right. I
0: mean, let's see if he's serious, you know, see if he wants to be here. Maybe him and his girl really like the area and they'd like to start their, you know, beginning of their life till he finishes mm. hockey, you know, in this area. They like it. I don't know. Maybe she's from this area and she's like, oh, you know, he should play for the Boston
1: Bruins.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome?
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, I really, congratulations, to them. And I really hope we'll be saying congratulations. We have Taylor Hall at a cat-friendly couple-year deal. (laughs) Wouldn't it be
2: kind of cool if they got married right around the same time as like Stanley Cup day? Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, my God, imagine. (laughs) We know who the best man will be. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that i don't know it just makes me happy thinking about having two lines i and if they don't resign him i really enjoyed having two full lines for like eight weeks that was six weeks that was awesome yeah we but during these had heather
2: during these playoffs isn't it freaking great to see four lines working together i mean these yeah, four teams correct. that are coming down to the end of the end of the you know the the season the, the hockey year have just proven that four lines are so effective and that's what we need. And, you know, when we, we, we talked about the bottom six earlier, this bottom six to. needs to be reconstructed because we have some pieces. We need more of them.
0: We used to be the example of what to do with your bottom two lines. No and sure. now we've not even followed our own philosophy or whatever. Uh, Yeah. But hopefully, yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. I'd rather have four lines, but at least two lines. That's how desperate I am to have anybody but the top line putting points on the board. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So there's been this cool um, four-part special uh, Behind the Bees. I'm sure if you're a Bruins fan, you wouldn't be listening Big to Big fan or- of this production. Thing. So anyways, Behind the Bees is really awesome. They do it every season for like the last, what, seven seasons or something like that. But they're doing a very special four-part Stanley Cup One, um, they didn't have the show. The commercial said something like they didn't have Behind the Bees in 2011, but they still had cameras, you know what I mean? So (laughs) it's been fun watching them, just generally. I forgot, like, I love Mark Ruckey. Can I just say that? I know you're not listening to us, Mark Ruckey, but I love that dude. And kids out there, if you don't know who Mark Ruckey is, you got to Google Mark Ruckey, man. Three-time Stanley Cup champion. Awesome dude. What
2: a leader. What a leader.
0: Proud dad of the 2011 Stanley Cup champions.
2: Three times Stanley Cup champion. He's got the tattoo to prove it.
0: Yeah, he's he is awesome. And a jacket.
1: Yeah, yeah. The
0: leather jacket. Yeah, pretty cool. Even like with the parade, it's like, dude, like the parade, like I I will probably never feel a feeling the way I had some pretty awesome moments, but just the vibe of the crowd and just looking, and I was like, Oh shit, just like a wall of people. I was like, Well, we're gonna stay at North Station then and just watch the parade as it rolls out from the uh Fan fest or whatever the hell was going on on there. <laughs> good times, and I, I don't know. I just it's good. So if if you happen to like the Bruins and enjoyed when we won the Stanley Cup in 2011, check it out. That's I liked. I really minute. liked
2: behind a B, uh, because the fact is, it gives you it gets you the fan into areas where you don't normally see things: the locker rooms, training facilities, you know, practices, interviews, uh, family life it's just a mix of everything that goes on as uh while being a boston bruins freaking professional athlete so it's a really good inside program if you haven't seen it check it out um and and if you want to binge watch that go on youtube because that that they all they have all the episodes uploaded there i believe it's on the boston bruins official uh youtube channel
0: yeah in there and uh even just uh, i think even like nesson puts out a few good shows with like the kids academy you know bruins academy for the kids and stuff and just interviewing the players behind the scenes. like they do they sophia will ask them like what's your favorite cereal and it's just funny to watch them but yeah. the funny thing is how obsessed with cookies the Boston like like that must be the one sugary thing that the nutritionists let them have like somewhere near them is cookies, they're obsessed. I mean, and Nola Chari still gets called Oreo. I'm just saying, like they love their cookies, that's their sweet treat. So yeah.
2: you know it's you know funny. You know what's funny is Mark Diver. Uh he's a fantastic writer for New England uh hockey journal, mm-hmm. and everywhere he goes, he does a cookie rating because apparently chocolate chip cookies are very pop. chocolate chip cookies and popcorn are very popular uh at the media level so I, I love when he uh when he puts up i'm um i'm at providence college today and you know posts a picture of a cookie like the size of somebody's head so and uh he gives it he gives it a rating so it's pretty cool i love that shit. i'm a, a big cookie guy too
0: yeah. how can you not love that combination you've got sugar and salt <laughs> and sweet
2: yeah exactly I mean, if
0: you like hot sauce you could put that on there it would be the world's cookie. <laughs> i am not eating hot sauce on my chocolate but
2: that'll be the that'll be the next yeah. challenge have the the uh uh the, the world's hottest cookie challenge <laughs> yeah
0: all right just don't put tide pods on there people. Hey, oh
2: jesus that's extreme <laughs> jesus
0: let's not make it like I'm sorry. I just that fucking commercial with Rob Gronkowski who annoys me generally. Oh, because yeah. There's a difference between the fun guy and like okay guy. Okay, I get you grew up in a family of loud children and you needed to call yeah. attention to yourself. But he says tie pods instead of Tide Pods and I don't know if it's on purpose or not. He's never not talked correctly when I've heard him, but that I hate that tie pods. Just don't yeah. do it. He's, if you're he's gonna a strange dogs, character. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, just no one put Tide Pods on the cookie challenge if Mark just inspired you. Oh, God, on TikTok, <laughs> they'll be like, uh, cookie challenge.
2: Thank God ever. I'm not on that.
0: And then someone goes to the hospital. Sorry. Hospital. Why did I say it like that? That's weird. All right. <laughs> congratulations to the U.S. hockey sled team at the Para Worlds over the weekend, beat Canada, which we always love to do. 5-2-1. They were over in the Czech Republic. Uh, great tournament. And uh, yay, gold, boys. Woo! Thanks, gentlemen. Yes. I just want, we want to say congratulations.
2: Yes, that's awesome. And and what a platform for these, for these folks that have um, been through tragic times that they're unable to play the game as a regular person. But um, as a impaired person they have an outlet to show their skills and and it's I think it's a great thing to do um, it gets everybody involved in hockey um, whether you're standing upright or sitting on a sled um, and some of these games that I've seen I've been really impressed by uh, the skill set it's it's amazing how much practice these guys put in um, all year long and I i mean i don't have the greatest freaking slap shot or anything like that, or a wrist shot or anything like that but the way these guys can can move that puck i am very impressed with the velocity of some of these shots and and uh and the skills that are on display at these tournaments so uh congratulations to team usa we're usa people so we gotta root for our own and when you have the opportunity to beat canada in anything you uh you gloat you love it so yeah.
0: We're, we're not people. North America isn't like Europe. We don't have we have certain rivalries in certain sports. So in our world, the only team in North America I care about, other than US, is Canada. They're our only real rival. You know, we're not Finland sitting next to like five rival natural rivals in the sporting world. But um, yeah, I think it's very important. If anything, you know, I mean this goes back to we always talk about hockey is for everybody, this and that. I think it's important for children that maybe weren't aren't quote unquote normal, you know, or regular, like to show like normal and regular is whatever you were born and what you can do. And if you dream to do whatever it is, dance or hockey or being like the president of a company, whatever, like even if you are born with maybe impairments that may make it a, a potentially harder track for you to get it. I mean, if you believe you can achieve and like sled hockey is brutal, like it's fucking yeah. badass. like, yeah, you know what I mean? Shit. So like there, and I, I do think this goes back to our, like, you know, if you see it, you can be it. And the more that kids uh, and are exposed to like, Hey man, like, you know, like maybe, you know, I wasn't born with legs or whatever it is. I mean, there are many ways that lead to people participating in the Paralympics or the para worlds and things like that. But like, just say like, if they can do it, I can do it, you know, Absolutely. and give a path because if you can do it, you can do it because God damn sled, no sled, or whatever. Those people are badass hockey players that I know I'll never be. <laughs> like you know, and they just yeah, no kidding. Yay! It's always nice to beat. Canada. I would actually like
2: to try it. I I would love to at least try it. You mark. know, oh You'll well, be like skating's
0: easy. Who?
2: <laughs> what Bruin did it, or what? There was a, a, a several Bruins that actually did it. It was on behind the B actually, and they actually um, tried um, it out. And um, it, it, yeah, I'll have to research it when. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a fun fun watch and. And how they balance and so on was, was uh, right. hilarious.
0: I just wanted to know, uh, Declan Farmer was named the U S player of the game and Brody Roybo got the tournament MVP and also was given like the honorary award of best forward in the world championship. So I just nice. wanted to know that too. Congrats. Dodgers- All right. Jeez. Like in there. But anyways, I was excited about this because I'm like, it's a sign that the other old hockey people are moving out and my old white hockey guys are moving in. And not just white hockey guys. We had a few other people to, you know, hopefully will pop up. But again, Mark Messier, not to keep bringing him up. I know it hurts your feelings. You don't like Mark Messier or anything over there, Mark All right, Just kidding. But, um, I love that he's going to be a pseudo-analyst for ESPN. We know that um, TNT signed Wayne Gretzky and like, we keep I keep saying, like, honestly, I'm not that attached to any of these people who are currently the analysts and broadcasters and whatever else. Although I would like to Catherine Tappan to complete continue being in my hockey world. I just I don't know. I like her. And she's been around a long time, you know, in my world. But, um yeah. Yay. Mark Messi. Finally, like, I don't. It's like a new generation, like, and it's our generation's, like, I, I'm joking, like old white guys are going to get in there and talk about hockey, but like, these are some of the greatest of greats that have ever lived, ever, and played the game, ever, and I think it'll be interesting listening to Messi break down, you know, a Stanley Cup playoff game or something, you know, things like that. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I don't know who I want them to end up filling these slots with or who they keep, maybe... Employing from other divisions and other areas, but I like my Mark Messier. I think he's well spoken. I think he's intelligent, but without getting that like haughty. Like inside hockey, I'm an inside hockey person. Like right. when I don't, talks to you not in layman's terms. Go ahead. Sorry,
2: I, I, I actually think that he's going to bring it very honestly. I don't think he's going to sugarcoat anything. Mark's a very outspoken person. Um, many people have said that in the locker room, he demands respect um, and, and gets it. So. I don't see that changing at all, but I also see him being a very direct person when it comes to, like, officiating calls and how to get better at this and that. That seems to be the top narrative of this offseason. But, um, no, it's a solid hire. I'm more I'm more interesting to see how his, uh, his former teammate, Wayne Gretzky, who's very quiet, you know, mm-hmm. when he's in his interviews and so on, how he's going to handle – uh, being on TV on the regular, or or is that something you have to practice up for and, and be trained and so on? But um, yeah, it's just it's it's really cool to see some of these players that from my past, uh, some of these uh, outstanding athletes just getting these jobs uh, later on in their careers and lives. So uh, and I'm also interested to see how this ESPN is going to work out. Um, you know, it's been, I don't know how many, 15 years or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm, exactly know, but, um, so we'll see what happens. Cause it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually ready for the, the release of, uh, NBC hockey. I'm just done with NBC hockey. It's just, they're very Homer-ish and to a certain point that I just can't stand and you know, I, I'm a big Eddie O, Eddie Olchuk fan. You know, I like
0: yeah, like I'd like him to come to the new, to a new land. Yeah, with it's, yeah,
2: it's just the NBC product is just getting so drawn down, and I'm ready for something new. So uh, I'm welcoming ESPN, but it, it's going to be a very uh, short leash because uh, ESPN generally uh, t- they took offense to not making a deal with the NHL back in the back in the day, and you could tell by when you I used to go on Sports Center all the time. What hockey really wasn't, I mean, it was, it was, but it it's not, it wasn't so big when they would work when the NHL and, um, and, and ESPN were working together. But when that, that agreement affiliation kind of broke off because of the freaking strike, you didn't see much highlights. You saw a lot of everything else, but not much hockey. So it'd be good to see a new platform uh, at ESPN talking about uh, Boston Bruins and NHL hockey throughout the league.
0: I liked ESPN's coverage of hockey too. Like they even I like Gary and Bill Kamen. Yeah, like I, I did. I mean, you know how I feel about the Barry Melrose, but whatever. I mean, he's gonna pop his rear, he's gonna rear his ugly head somewhere, no matter what I do. But um I I think it's exciting. I think the difference between NBC – NBC is a company trying to have sports. Where ESPN is a company built around sports. So they're going to know more how yes, to draw in a casual fan or whatever than, say, NBC is. Because sometimes I don't think NBC even knows what actual hockey fans like. Like, what are you doing? Sometimes they're awesome, the intro, whatever you get, the goosebumps. Like that year, we fucking game seven versus the Blues dude and Dennis Leary's voice. And I, but literally, I listened to two rounds of announcers everything you couldn't have been more anti like the Bruins if you tried you're not supposed to be that way when you're a national announcer you're supposed to be biased I'm not saying don't get excited if there's good plays but that's the whole point you're supposed to get excited both ways not I mean that second round if they could have crawled out of that booth and fucking made out with Matt Barzell they would have they would have (laughs) totally humped the lock. I'm not kidding you it's true. Like, That's fucking hey, right? dude. Like, Homer, if I need this shit, I'll listen to Jack Edwards. But instead, <laughs> he's, like, walking in a circle because you won't let him broadcast. I also think through the first two rounds, the local markets broadcast teams should be shown on TV. I agree. And then maybe you guys are when you get to the finals and the cup finals. But I do think, especially the first round, like, that, keep your fans invested. You know, those fans that are just getting in. What I don't like about that Heather is
2: is the there's a ratings war when it comes down to that. I really wish that if there was a game on NBC that Bruins fans had an option to go and watch it on Nesson. Mm. If you don't want it if you don't like the product here, it should be available to have options and and that's just sad. But but I wish there was some kind of way that even though you're watching a Nesson product that the ratings can also be tailed along or dovetail to NBC. So we all get a a, a
0: bit of the ratings action. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it's like you got it via NBC or via ESPN or whatever. Right.
2: Right. So, I mean, all those numbers can be, can be translated to success no matter what, but it's just a, it's just a, it is, it's such a horde sometimes for coverage. It's like, Oh, no, we can't do that. We have copyrights. We have this and that, but well, it's, what it's all about is, business and not about the
0: fans. Well, what's annoying is like, say, say you have the NBC app, right? And you know, sometimes I just listen to the games in my head. I actually prefer the radio. I'll turn down the right. I love Andy Brickley, but you know, I, I, I respect you. I love, I understand your place in bro. But like for me, three periods of Jack Edwards is just a lot to handle. Um, so I listen to Judd and Bob on the radio a lot of times, but, um, If you click on the app, it'll send you, you don't have and you know, blackout, blah, 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 right? But the radio feed is the radio feed from 98.5 The Sports Hub, which is affiliated with CBS, which is not NBC. And that is weird to me. Why can't I then listen to, you know what I mean? Watch nothing. It just seems kind of like a weird, if I can get the local radio feed for the national broadcast, why can't I get, well, actually what I like is it gives you options. So like. Tomorrow night, if I am out not getting to actually physically watch the game for some reason, I'll just put it on and I'll pick, I'll pick Montreal. Then I won't know what's going on. It'll be in French and then I'll just listen. It gives you options of which radio broadcast. I'm like, this is stupid. How about just put on Nesson? Also, how I hope they fix their blackout problems because yes. why the hell would someone in Boston get blacked out of the – phoenix colorado game or whatever i'm just making it up when clearly i am two days fucking ride from denver colorado i know i have driven from here to denver colorado taking a trip i've been there several times uh i cannot conceivably get it on a local tv station yeah, it just isn't so carried here in the northeast so, so ridiculous. all right well, are we taking right. a break we are. We're going we're gonna to
2: take our, our mid-show break. Uh, we're going to hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and he is from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has fantastic uh, Bruins-related stuff, all hand-signed by uh, former players in Boston and current players on the roster. Uh, much like right here, this Johnny Busick uh, hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated, and we are actually giving this away to a lucky Patreon financial supporter for the month of july so if you want to get involved details will be coming soon towards the end of the show but let's hear from bruce and see what he has on tap because i know he had some uh some uh, really cool um uh personal signings at, at his uh, one of his events so uh let's hear from him and we'll be right back for some more boston bruins hockey talk <laughs>
1: Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black-and-gold memorabilia moment of the week. We are extremely honored to have hosted Bruins legend Terry O'Reilly at our public signing event last Sunday. Pick up 8x10 autographed and inscribed 2,095 penalty minutes Boston beatdown or Madison Square Garden shoe brawl photos for just $28. 11x14s for just 34 Grab an autographed inscribed puck for just $34. Get a 16 by 20 Boston Beatdown framed special edition for just $99 or a massive 22 by 26 inch ultimate beatdown for $149. Or pick up a white or black JSA authenticated inscribed jersey for just $89. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, Check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at Boston at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go!
2: What's up, Bruins fans? We are back. You just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. Please go and check out his Facebook page, um, at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got some fantastic stuff. And it's not just Bruins. He's got Red Sox stuff, Celtics stuff, Patriots stuff, uh, just a bunch of stuff in his collection that he uh, has personally hand-signed by Boston Athletes and uh, and sells for great prices, too. So um he's one of he's our go-to for our um patreon prizes uh, when it comes down to uh hand signed jerseys that we give away every month so uh get on board on that we'll talk about it later where you can go to our patreon um url click on it donate one dollar get involved help us out and we'll help you out by getting your fan cave dressed up with the black and gold but speaking of the black and gold more 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 or less the the boston pride because we are boston people and so on but heather mm-hmm. wants to talk about the uh the upcoming festivities that are uh, detailed around the nwhl in particular the boston pride
0: well i just wanted to say that i know that you you know there are a lot of people out there who also support the nwhl like we do uh but coming up on tuesday the 29th the nwh WHL for 2021 draft will be live on Twitch for the first time. They're going to do it uh, all five rounds. There's 30 picks, five rounds. Uh, we expand. Uh, we watched the league expand to six teams last year. Uh, hopefully more teams to come. They've made a lot of strides with, um, getting sponsorships and affiliations with big companies, really raising uh, a lot of noise for themselves. So let's see who's coming in. uh, The prospects that are coming into the league uh, to see as this great league continues to grow and prosper. So everybody go out there and please watch the draft, if you will. And uh, let's see who our Boston pride bring into the fold of our already awesome team.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Twitch is a great platform for these ladies and the league um so it's it's a it's a league that traditionally doesn't make a ton of money these women they work regular jobs and they you know take vacations to participate in 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 these team events hopefully that changes um there's word around that the nhl is going to get more involved or or wants to sit down and have more meetings and more dialogue about how they can get more involved and, and potentially make this a one-time job for some of these athletes that absolutely deserve it. The hockey is tremendous. I have a great time, and, and Twitch is a great platform for people that want to learn more about the game Um, and, and it's a free platform, by the way, too. All you got to do is sign up, create an account and then you, and you get, uh, updates on when they go live via email. So, um, next time anything has something to do with the NWHL or the Boston Pride, you'll, you'll, you'll be well aware of when it, when it's happening and get involved because it is important to support women's hockey from all levels, no matter what, from a professional down to the squirt and mites of, uh, of, uh, you know, the future of the game. So growing the women's sport is important and uh, we need to be all hands on when it comes to uh, promoting this, uh, this tremendous uh, game because it is for everybody.
0: Yeah. And just like the regular NHL draft, like teams have swap picks, things like that. So um, you can go on the NWHL site. If you'd like to see like the order of the draft, like you might do before the NHL draft and kind of see, Uh, how the teams are picking. Some teams maybe have more than one pick. You don't know. Go and check it out, okay? Uh, But support the ladies. It's important. Help grow the sport. But just, again, this goes back to what I was saying a little bit ago, right? Like, if you can see it, you can be it. It's important. So you have a daughter out there who dreams to be a professional hockey player. Make sure you hook her up with the Twitch live stream. Also, there's always awesome energy with the NWHL. Like, awesome energy. Agreed. fun and, like, they're friggin', you know, compete hard but they also like have a lot of just i don't know they have a lot of happiness they're doing their thing it's a great league awesome hockey awesome athletes and again the young women in the world need to see women like these ladies out there representing doing their thing showing like you know you can be what you want to be and be prideful of who you are and uh maybe create an organization that will be around you know and yeah
2: I here. particularly like the Boston Pride, uh, like it's a Boston thing. But their social engagements are, are funny. I love them. You know, they get everybody involved. They really push, to, they push the push to promotion to a whole new level, which is which is what what this game needs to do in, in an effort for everyone to play. So,
0: yeah, their social the pe- the people who run the team social medias, you know, the Pride and just all of them, like they do a really good job. I think of like politely chirping each other and this, you know, they're, they're never mean, but like they're serious. And like whoever they have in their social media teams, maybe some of the NHL teams might want to look at for some yeah. tips. Like, um, okay. <laughs> Buster, Buster no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I Just some teams are more fun than others. Like I thoroughly enjoy the, Carolina hurricanes. They're funny. You know what I mean? I like going out there. I like listening. The Kraken are coming out the gate. They're setting the standard for the new age of how to promote yourself. But uh yeah, anyways, go out support the ladies, watch Twitch, check it out, seven o'clock. And uh yeah, can't see to what who's coming into the system. We'll be excited. Agreed.
2: So let's move on to this one.
0: OK, so the rest of the NHL awards are going to be announced also on Tuesday, of course, at 730 because they couldn't do it a little later. So it didn't interfere with the NWHL draft, which will probably be more exciting than the last of the awards. But if you're so invested in the awards, I know some people could care less about them. They are going to be on NSNBC uh, at 730. They still have to give out the Hart Calder, the Norris, the Vesna, and something else. Uh, the Ted Lindsay Award, I believe. Uh, so check it out. I know I'll at least Google it because I love the awards. I'm a real geek like that, so oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, get in on that. So check that out, yeah.
2: Yes, I'm excited about the um, the Calder. I wonder who's gonna win that. Wouldn't it be funny if like that Kirill uh, Kaprizov wins Kiprasov. the Calder? But then, uh, the, what, did I say that wrong?
0: Krill Kaprizov, I think,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, he wins the Calder and then ends up freaking leaving Minnesota and signs in the KHL. Because <laughs> that, that, that is a, a rumor that is uh, being told because um, he's, I guess, not too thrilled about the – he doesn't want to take a long-term extension. He wants, he wants a shorter deal. How could you not say no to that? Like I... you, have a, you have a player that's basically 26 years old, played, played over in Russia for a while and is a rookie and had an awesome year and the team wants to sign him for a long term but the player is like nah i just want to you know let's do a shorter term it's How weird
0: trying out the nhl i'd rather go home <laughs>
2: yeah yeah he's like i want to call the trophy no stanley cup yet but let's go for the gurning <laughs> cup <laughs> That was pretty good yeah. Russian, huh?
0: Yeah, and yeah that that was. I'm sure our Russian listeners are going to be thrilled that's with that. Awesome. Number. I know the <laughs> Iraqian
2: <laughs> listeners are not too happy with me, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably because you're saying Iraq instead of Iraq. I know, Iraqian, I know, but no, that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, that he he looks like he's on pace to win the Calder, but we'll see yeah. what happens. Very Seems creative crazy. and
2: flashy player, man. I saw mm. a bunch of uh, his games, particularly in the in the uh, playoffs. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. Explosive. Well, I just think it's funny how you'd like say, like, just, you know, never mind. I'll just go back. Unless he's going to make a shit ton of more money. Well, yeah, it's tax free over there. Yeah, so it's that's like, what I mean, though. It's like,
2: might as well. Well, this that I mean. type of fucking contract.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, he's only played one year in the NHL. He's a rookie yeah. <laughs> at 26. Maybe he just wanted to see if he could do it. Yep. Going I out can do in style.
2: It. Yeah. Speaking you know, of going out funny. in
0: style, we have uh, a new head coach in uh, Seattle. Yes, Dave Hastall, uh, Hackstall, sorry, uh, is the first ever head coach for the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken are real. Can't have a draft without having a coach and a GM and everything, and everything starting to fall into place to help build the Seattle Kraken hockey franchise top to bottom. I don't know. Uh, he uh, He's coached before. He's probably. Like his majority, he coached in the um, NCAA uh North Dakota, uh, which I believe he was Powerhouse on, team. Uh, yeah, and made it a powerhouse team. Uh, but he also did uh coach, he was an assistant, I think, in Philly. What did say? I think No, I he was it. a
2: full full coach in Philly.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, in Philly he was the head coach, and then he just was an assistant coach in Toronto the last few years. Sorry, I got my thing. I'm I'm sorry I'm not a hacksaw expert i had to actually jot things down i didn't want to be wrong that's why i was double checking but yeah so it was philly's head coach but then he was an assistant in toronto the last few years which he probably is like better opportunities out there than this losing in the first round every year of my life
2: <laughs> yeah Um, uh, i a solid move um i particularly i didn't really i didn't really didn't see this one coming uh, just because of how his short 10 year happened in Philadelphia. Um, and I don't, I don't particularly base any uh, success on, on, um, on assistant coaching and so on. I want you to bench boss, It's pretty much the, the driving force of, of your success and how you, uh, how you preach your message to the players and, and what you do that year in the standings and, and playoffs. So um, it was a little rocky in Philadelphia. Let's put it that way. But I, I, I was actually really considering a former Philadelphia Flyer himself and Rick Tockett for that job.
1: I, I was really shocked long.
2: that yeah, I was really shocked that he didn't get the job, and and even more shocked that he's not hired as of right now from teams that are, uh, are actively looking for a new a new bench boss. So that's kind of interesting um, that the uh, you know Ron Francis, uh, the GM of the Seattle Kraken, who has if I'm not mistaken, very close ties to a player like Rick Dockett.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, wasn't heavily, heavily considered. So, um, well, good luck to Dave uh, and, and the staff at the Seattle Kraken. This is going to be a, a really interesting um, set of events that are coming up with the uh, Seattle expansion draft. We could pretty much see the same type of style that Vegas had. Uh, and, and who knows? I mean, the way these, expansion drafts are all set up is for immediate success we there's no more of um the let's get a team together and then basically you know putting it all together by by getting all your scraps or your freaking your ahl players and then you finally get success in 10 years after you've worked the draft and you've uh, worked free agency and so on but these are now set up for you come into the league we need to make money as soon as possible we need to get a solid fan base as soon as possible and i like the way directions that is it's happening but listen we need to cut it off at 32 i don't want to see this anymore because a lot of teams are losing uh, really good players and so on and we're going to lose a good player I'm not saying an outstanding player and blah, blah blah we're going to lose one player so you can't
0: the whole system is designed for you to have to give up good players and yes. for those teams that are like you know or well, whoever who may be over their limit of good players to yeah. be able to shed some cap space my thing is i kind of don't like that though i think it kind of you know like look at tampa bay for example no one fucking gave them and the florida panthers a freaking mint condition team to try and win a ready-made stanley cup contenders that's bullshit i think yep. that's probably why the vegas golden knights haven't gone well it could have been just that even when they go, like, you've only been around for a few years, man. Like, you literally Can you were here. you believe
2: it's compete. been four years?
0: Yeah. Like, you could compete. I think it's kind of unfair to all the expansion teams. I mean, let's say if we started with six teams and now we have 32, there was an awful lot of expansion teams who are not afforded uh, that. Ability to maybe be ready made like you like that, you know. I, I just it kind of bothers me, but I am that being said, I'm way more excited about the Kraken than I am. Like, you know, I have issues with Vegas just generally, so that's created a whole entire mental breakdown going on in <laughs> one side of the bracket this <laughs> postseason, but anyways, I mean. Look at Cassidy. He had a full on revolt in Washington and he came back and now he's one of the best coaches. Jack Adams. Won yeah.
2: Him. I mean, you, know, it, you get knocked off the block at the top and you start your way from the very bottom and work your way up like Cassidy did. It really tells you, you know um, those experience of bad times in Washington and, can create good times when you get another chance. So,
0: well, and this year, like I think this is a good hire. All day long, I thought it was going to be Rick Talkett, or I thought Moore was out of Carolina. That was me in my own head, and man, I was wrong. But good luck. I mean, there's got to be a reason he was picked, right? I mean, everybody's got to want to be in on a brand new team and help build in that. You know, people who are really, um, the constructive uh, organizational minds behind an organ. You know, so. Yep. We'll see what happens, but I'll be excited. It's like very anxiety inducing because you never know who's getting traded, who's getting dumped. Then you have the regular draft too, right after that, where people are getting traded and dumped. Then you're like, dear God, what are we about to do? What's going to happen when free agency starts? What about our free agents? Are we going to go out and get free agents? I'm a Bruins fan. So I always have anxiety about this because like last year, free agency, it was like, okay, fine. Okay. 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 Tour is in St. Louis. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so like Don's getting somebody, right? And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm still <laughs> fucking waiting. You know, like that's so. I don't mean to be specti- skeptical, but it would not hurt my feelings if, say, July 27th, Crachian Hall re signed contracts or whatever. So I at least felt like some.
2: That'd be a big day if it happens in that single oh my moment. God.
0: It should. Why not? We had that couple weeks back with like Chara and Savad that made our brains want to explode. Like those right. couple, what is going on with this team? I'm just kidding. So, all right. Speaking so of I,
2: this yeah. team and important uh, dates coming up this summer, check it out. Yes. What do we got so going we had, on, Heather?
0: We had talked about this in uh you're like hey can you send me a list and i'm like yeah i have a list but then i never sent you the list so pay attention mark and everyone out there uh this is kind of the last big month on the calendar for this season of the nhl knocked on wood everybody's mostly come out unscathed uh some of the teams didn't so much but like for an open season where they are at least in their own arenas as opposed to the bubble it turns out they got all their games in and here we are but uh the cup has to be awarded by July ninth, according probably all because Olympic coverage and all of that yep. coming up on NBC. Because through this season, NBC is still the carrier of our of the games for all this. Uh, on the seventeenth, we have to have the protection. All the teams have to have the protection list in by five o'clock. Uh, of who their players so you know that's going to be down to the wire that's fun because you get to see who other teams are protecting and start thinking to yourself oh huh are they gonna sign them can we maybe poach them so that's kind of exciting Uh, Gives you a couple weeks to figure it out. The 21st is the Seattle draft, July 21st, and we'll see what happens with there. Is Frederick dumped? Is DeBrusque dumped? Did we trade for picks, like a couple first-round picks? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think we're getting a couple first-round picks with them, but that's it. And then the 23rd and 24th is the normal NHL draft. Uh, They've already done the draft lottery. I can't remember who got the top pick. Somebody. But Seattle is in the actual draft this year, too. Yes. So that's but, Buffalo
2: got the top pick, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, but it's important to remember that Seattle also gets to participate in the regular draft because they're a really real team now. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're really real. We no longer are going to have 32 teams. We officially have 32 teams. Uh, and lastly, July 28th, the day that gives me the most anxiety, is free agency <laughs> opens up. Uh, so, obviously, we get to retain any players we feel like until at least that date. And then we got to figure it out between RFAs, UFAs, but I would not want to not have signed at least Taylor hall come the 29th or he's probably not staying here. That's how we'll know. You know, Yep. that's it. That's wrapping up the NHL season, except for one more thing to talk about
2: Stanley cup playoffs, baby. I mean, Stanley cup finals,
0: Stanley cup finals are starting tomorrow night. Um, I'm sorry, everybody, this is my fault. I asked the hockey gods to get Montreal to beat Toronto. Cause I thought that was funny. And then when they swept Winnipeg, I was like, yeah, right. Okay. Well, now that they've beaten Vegas, we have a full blown, I mean, they've already had to go on lockdown. I wish I could like, they're having like, letting fans participate in media today. And I want to say exactly how many buildings are going to burn down if you guys win the Stanley cup. So the nightmare of nightmares has happened Tampa Bay versus the Montreal Canadians. They had to go into lockdown just cause they won. And of course, cause they're Canadians are the first Eastern team ever to win the Campbell trophy or whatever. Uh, what yeah, was it? Clarence Campbell. Campbell. I couldn't think I was like, what's his first name? It's CC. Uh, award and that's it. And I'm sorry, this is my fault. Next time I will not ask for ridiculous things because karma is a bitch. And now we get to watch them play for the cup and we're at home and I don't want to say, I want them to beat Tampa Bay because
2: I, I am going Tampa Bay all day. I'm going to say Tampa Bay in five. (laughs)
0: Like, is there any way that Shea Weber and Carey Price can win a Stanley Cup, but not, like, could they get an honorary name on the cup? Because, like, I just, this is horrible. I don't know, but
2: listen, all I can say is the the Montreal Canadiens go to the Stanley Cup and the the city uh, burns down. So listen, I want to see what happens when the Montreal Canadiens lose the Stanley Cup. What is that city going to do?
0: I feel like it might be more dangerous if they win. I don't know. They won the damn Campbell thing, and they fucking flip cars already. I'm like, yeah, just another day in Montreal when they're all hopped up. (laughs) Concerts, hockey games, they're just...
2: (laughs) Yeah, we, no, we funny that
0: thing you did, everyone stay calm, <laughs> everyone stay calm.
2: <laughs> well, from uh, the movie, I, I can't, yeah. remember, uh, I know what movie.
0: 2,500 <laughs> fans are in there trapped because there's 2.5 million idiots flipping yeah. golf bars on the outside. And like, cool, well, can you at least open the snack bar and beer back up? Because
2: the, the Bell Center was in lockdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy. Um, yeah, but I don't know, it's just. Um, What's your prediction? Like are, you gonna, are you going to are you going to make a prediction or I don't I don't know. Like I said, uh, uh you don't have to have a pony in the race. You can just watch it and see what happens, but I I don't know. I just I don't like the way Montreal's been playing. Like I feel like for a team that barely was fourth and was supposed to get the shit kicked out of them by and granted you can say all right, so Toronto that should have been a hard team, right? And thing, But they kind of, they plowed through Winnipeg, who was seated higher than them, and they did not lay down to the Golden Knights. Like, there was at no point in that series did Montreal not look like they were in that series, and that concerns me. That being said, Tampa Bay is a powerhouse. They will probably win, but nobody say I didn't warn you of the Canadians when they're 27th (laughs) or whatever, because now they've got a shiny new trophy because they won the Western Championship, too, and... As long as Vegas doesn't win, now, I just I can't I can't say I want Montreal to win or lose. I don't want either of these teams to win, but somebody has to win, and they're the two that have been decided. and will be the two that.
2: Then so it's Tampa Bay.
0: I hate this. I hate this. All right. I'll get With back that, to you because I've been on fire predicting games and yeah, stuff this
2: week. Yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> All right, that is coming to the end of the show. So uh, we had a lot of fun today. Uh, we're going to just be scratching and clawing for as much content as possible. So, um, yeah, we want to thank everybody for listening. Please rate and review on your social, I mean, on, on your listening platforms. Um, we have a Patreon account. If you're interested in donating and helping our sports media company, little insight on what we do on this Patreon account, you donate $1 per episode. We take half of the We take 50 cents of that dollar. And move it to uh paying some bills uh to run the, uh, a small sports media company but the other half is to buy great prizes like this johnny Busick number nine hand signed jersey with a, a certificate of authenticity and uh good stuff we want to thank our, our our patreon financial supporters and uh that's what we do we just you know you you help us we'll help you uh, you know Brighten up your fan cave. So uh, this week's winner is his uh, old friend, Rob Shenet Jr., an uh, old buddy of mine. So um, you you uh, actually, you know what's funny? Is when he got selected on the Wheel of Winner, and I picked his name and I knew I was talking to you, do you remember the guy at my old apartment complex on Perkins Street who you said looks oh, like dude. Dave Mustaine? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was his his mother's boyfriend at the time.
0: Oh yeah. I was like, why is Dave Mustaine here? I do remember.
2: He's like, why is Dave Mustaine outside smoking a cigarette on the steps?
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Like why is Dave Mustaine ripping cigarettes at freaking Perkins street? And just saying Uh, a weird place for him to be. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I do. That was funny. That was a long time ago. It was a
2: long time ago. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) When we were young and dumb and now we're old and dumb. Look at us.
2: Exactly. What's changed?
0: (laughs) But thank you, Patreon supporters. Thank you.
2: Yes, uh, you guys make the world go round. You guys continue your effort. We are up to 50 Patreon members now, which is fantastic. We absolutely love it, but we want more. We want want to be able to give more awesome prizes away. We do a Bruins-related prize every episode we give away, like Rob Shennett won today, but we do the jersey giveaways once a month because those are a little more expensive than just a a $20 T-shirt and so on. So. Um that we just want to, you know, give back to our our our, our favorite listeners, the financial ones. Mm-hmm. If you want to get on board, please go to um I forgot to put it up. I'll do it right now. Yeah. This is all the information right here, patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Just click on it and uh donate a dollar per episode. Like I said in previous episodes, we do about four episodes a month, but don't be shocked if we get up to six. Um you know during the regular season so it's a really small investment but um it's it, it's a high reward if you you get sent a a hand-signed jersey from we've given away terry o'reilly rick middleton jerry cheevers charlie Coyle, um and we have jerseys that are, are going to go till i believe march or april of 2022 so yeah. we have we have so many i have an inventory right here sitting um so get and involved who knows,
0: maybe we'll get other kinds of prizes and we'll do some bonus giveaways sometimes yes. if we yep. get such a lot of listeners the 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 possibilities are countless
2: i mean the more money we get into doing this the more we're going to turn around and and create more opportunities to win awesome stuff for you guys so Please get involved. It's just it's just a dollar per episode. It's a very small investment, but we do thank everybody. But we also I also want to personally thank everybody for uh, continuing the the love for the podcast and the and the work that we do here at BNG g uh, from Heather and I. So you guys have been amazing. The retweets, the shares, the questions, the uh, social interactions, which are can be trashed sometimes by others. Really good. I mean, there are some really decent hockey fans out there that are actually want to have a serious conversation with you, and not just argue online. But to those people, we've we've truly thanked the uh, the interactions throughout the year, and we're going to continue to do these programs weekly to give give you that Bruins fix that you need during this off season, and all the information that we've gathered and and, um, and bring it to uh, the upcoming year, so you'll be fully prepared uh, on a weekly basis. So.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Because at Black and Gold, we're not stopping. Not on this no. podcast. You're not getting rid of us that easy. That's not right. From all the other awesome podcasts, what do we have? Nine, nine of them. Ten of them. How many? Uh,
2: we just Eight? added one more. I'm, yes. I'm bringing. I'm bringing on a podcast that, and and YouTube channel and a website is being developed as we yeah. speak. We've
0: got YouTube content out there. Yep. We've got Black and Gold Weekly. There's awesome, as you know, we got like ten awesome podcasts that are also uh, are in. Nation with Black and Gold, which are always great listens, so go and follow all of them. I think next week I'm going to have Mark give me a list of writers, or he can do the list. We're going to run down. We have a ton of writers, dozens of writers at this point, so give everybody a follow. That's how, like Mark said, thank you for all the retweets and the support. Let's support everyone at Black and Gold really move the thing. Our content isn't going anywhere. There was a few articles already put out in the last few days. Yep. Uh, keep moving things forward. Uh, again, rate and review. I love a good rate and review. If, if you just want me to read a, a review, feel free to just leave a rating or review, good, bad, Absolutely. or ugly, and I will read it with this lovely voice that I have here that bringing to you. It's things to do, and I always want to give a shout out to people who take the time, because even if you hate us, man, you took 30 seconds out of your day to give us a one star and say that we suck, so I appreciate everybody, but please <laughs> rate and review share 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 rate and review share 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 keep yes. us up on the tops
2: absolutely so with that being said we're going to say goodbye and thank you for another awesome week of bruins hockey talk heather you truly are an amazing person and i'll hang are hanging well thank you no thank you no thank you oh, so anyway <laughs> um, yeah so uh please be safe and uh, th- this hot weather coming up this week please yeah, um right. you know stay cool and um, if you happen to live uh, next to some older folks in your neighborhood, please check on them and make sure that everybody's fully hydrated and so on. We care about everybody here at B&G, but also, you know, want to do the humanitarian thing and just, uh, just be a cool person. Don't be a shitbag bag your whole life. So um, with that being said, Mark right over here, Heather Ingerson over there, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
0: We got to go. Bye. Bye.